Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hey everybody, it's Ken Tucker with Changescape Web. Welcome to the Local St. Charles podcast and live stream. Today I'm joined by Karen Englert of the Boys and Girls Clubs of St. Charles County. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. It is so fun to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. I'm married, been married for several years to a fantastic man, Navy veteran, has just been been out for quite a while, but very engaged and involved in the community. Okay. Uh, we have a blended family, so there's four children. They're all grown up now, so we became empty nesters in the last year or two, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, also pretty awesome for all of you who were kind of <laughs> thinking about that. We have four kids, three girls and one boy. Two of the four live right here in St. Charles County, so that's awesome. We have another one who works for Missouri State University wow. um, and another who is in Pennsylvania. All Don't right. see her as much as we want, but... That's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, my alma mater is Missouri State. I have a oh, master's awesome. degree and an undergraduate degree from there. So tell me a little bit about the Boys and Girls Clubs of St. Charles County. I'm not very familiar with what all you guys do. I know you guys offer a lot of different services. So can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Yes, I would love to. Boys and Girls Clubs of St. Charles County, we're actually the oldest youth serving organization throughout St. Charles County. We've been around for about 70 years now. Okay. Um, And so we're serving a lot of third generation families, which is really fun because we get to hear the stories from the kids and their parents and their grandparents. Um, So that's really cool. We really work to make sure that the kids who need us most have opportunity to grow and develop and become amazing young adults as they mature. We are really focused on three core areas. Character and leadership is a big one, healthy lifestyles, and then, of course, education. Education can look a lot different for different kids, doing what we can to support them in those efforts. You have actually two locations in St. Charles, isn't that correct? That is correct. So we have our admin offices where I'm housed are based out of our location in St. Charles, really close to the Blanchett Pool. And then our other location is in O'Fallon off of Mexico Road. The original location, like I said, opened about 70 years ago. And then the O'Fallon unit opened in 1992. Um, So really happy that we have the two locations, but also thinking hard about how do we get further west? You know, how do we make sure we're meeting need in Wentzville and Lake St. Louis areas? So more to come on that. So the address for the O'Fallon location is actually listed as St. Peter. So it's got to be like right on the border of those two. Now, how long have you guys been in the uh, current location in St. Charles, the new administrative facility? That's a fairly new facility, right? Yeah, this facility turned seven, actually, okay. just just this June. <laughs> That's what everybody always says, We're like the new building. And I'm like, well, it's new, but it just turned seven years old. It's, it's an amazing facility for people who haven't been out here. Please, we, we love to have visitors and give building tours and really show you all the amazing things that are happening. This location is actually 28,000 square feet. It houses two gyms, a computer lab, learning centers, full kitchen. There's so much that we can offer now having this amazing space to do it. Do you work in conjunction with any of the schools, like in after-school programs or anything like that? Yes. So school partnerships really are the core of what we do. 
We work very closely with the City of St. Charles School District and Orchard Farm School District, primarily for this St. Charles location, and then with Fort Zumwalt School District at our O'Fallon location. In all of those cases, school buses either come directly from after school to here, or we use club transportation to pick up some of those kids as well. We know transportation is a tough thing in St. Charles County, so we try really hard to make sure the kids can get here. I remember going as a kid. I don't remember how many times we went, but when I was in elementary school, it was always one of the highlights for me was to be able to go do something fun and different, a completely different experience. So it was really cool. I think it's probably where I probably took my uh, my swim lessons for the mm -hmm. first time as well. So yeah, cool. Let's talk a little bit about COVID and how that's impacted nonprofits in general and specifically the Boys and Girls Club of St. Charles County. Nonprofits as a whole experience some significant issues, but I also know a lot of nonprofits were just embraced by our communities and people stepping up say, how can I help? What does that look like? Yeah. Kind of at the onset of COVID, we had to shut down for about 10 weeks like everybody else, but we were actually the first child serving organization to open back up in the summer of last year. And so it was incredible to be able to open our doors again and have the kids back with us and provide a summer program last year. Even though we were shut down for those 10 weeks, we were able to keep all of our staff employed. We just really, really proud of that. A huge commitment from our board of directors and, and leadership and making sure that we were able to maintain that staff. And so we really used that time for a lot of training and leadership opportunities. Even though we didn't have kids in the building, we were still serving our kids. So we were doing meal deliveries. We were dropping off program supplies, sports equipment, whatever we could do to try to help keep them engaged during that, that really, really uncertain time. I was just curious, did you wind up doing any virtual programs at all? Or Yes. Yeah. So we did some virtual. I will say that especially kind of as in the onset of it, a lot of our families were trying to figure out how to do virtual school. Oh, um, yeah. And so us trying to add another piece to it, we didn't right. really want to stress them out. But we did provide some online mentoring programs. And then we use a platform called My Future that kids can, can log into and do a variety of activities. And they can earn badges and pizzas and, you know, the things that kids want. Yeah, absolutely. How did you guys come out of the COVID situation? Well, we're still in it. How did that impact you guys financially? And in some ways, it was a tough year. We were not able to do a couple of our larger special events. Mm -hmm. And uh, most nonprofits understand that, you know, fundraising events are fundraisers and fundraisers. We lost out on, on some of those. On the flip side of it, though, we were really, really blessed with some amazing donations that came in from community groups, from churches, from our board members, and a lot of club alumni. And so really fortunate. Uh, we also took advantage of the PPP loan. Again, that's why we were able to keep everybody employed. And so okay. we made some good decisions during a tough year. I have to say it also really gave us a chance to decide what are the things we needed to keep doing and what are the things that maybe since we have to redo everything that we can we can just be creative and try something new. So that yeah. was that was kind of fun. As tragic and as difficult a year as it's been, I think it's also fostered a lot of innovation and challenged people to have to think about doing things in different ways and being more efficient and running a leaner operations. It's definitely been a challenge. It can be very rewarding, but I know it's been so tough on so many people. Is there anything at this point that the community can do to help you guys out? Always. So when we say that, we, we really mean it in a variety of ways. 
We have people who volunteer their time, which is fantastic. We are actually piloting an ACT prep program right now, and that is run by some amazing volunteers. And so it's been great to see that grow and develop and know that we're helping kids think about what's next in their education and their careers. So volunteering is a huge one. Financial support is always appreciated. So a lot of people don't know this, but our families only pay $25 for a year of service. So in that year of service, they get a meal every day after school, they get homework assistance, they have access to both of the locations. Um, and so it's only $25 for the year per child. Wow. Our, our cost for that same child is around $1,400. That's and so, amazing. Yeah. We love that when families need help, we can say yes. Yeah. And so it, it's such a fulfilling place to work and, and to foster the mission. So any contributions really help kind of offset that gap between $1,400 and $25. Okay. Other little things, we need program supplies from time to time. So thinking about how many snacks a day do your kids eat? Ours eat the same amount. <laughs> any of those things are always really helpful. We also have been really lucky to have youth opportunity tax credits. And so taking advantage of those, that's a win-win for, for both we certainly benefit, but you do as well as you get a little relief come tax season. So um, we always have opportunities to support those donations. And then last but not least, our special events. That's a great way to learn more about who we are and what we do and also provide a gift that allows us to keep doing it. So our next event is our Vintage Carnival Gala. It is on August 21st at Ameristar. And so we're really excited to have some classic carnival games, a big celebration, um, and bring everybody together for an awesome night. Cool. Nice. So you guys are a member of the Greater St. Charles County Chamber. Talk about your experience with the chamber just a little bit. We've been a member for years and years, but I will say that especially during COVID, we really thought about how can we as an organization support other members of the chamber? And we heard the same from those members. And so that's been really neat. And so whenever I need something for the club, right, we need something repaired or we need to get something, my first stop is always, okay, who are chamber connections that we can support in return? And so it, it's really been a, a great experience. We've gotten much more involved over the last year, and I hope to see that continue. Tell me something that most people in St. Charles, well, anybody in St. Charles County probably doesn't know about the Boys and Girls Clubs. Oh, there's a couple of things. One, that there are two locations. A lot of people are just not aware of our location in O'Fallon. And like you said, it's on Mexico, so it's right at that cusp of St. Peter's and O'Fallon. But it's a fantastic location. It's been open since 1992. One of the other things is cost of membership. A lot of people, when we say $25, like a day, a week, a month, like, right. you know, the whole school year is $25. And so making sure that families know that, you know, we have these amazing services and programs available and they're very easy to access. And so having kids from every kind of socioeconomic realm and really thinking about how are we being of service to those kids. So those are probably like the two that most often when I talk about it, people are like, no way. I, yeah. I grew up swimming at Boys and Girls Club in St. Charles. Um, but they didn't know about the O'Fallon side of it. Yeah. Now, if I understood you, is there any qualification? No. No. Okay. So we have no qualifications at all. Okay. Some of our grant programs, really, we can only use for residents of St. Charles County. Um, and okay. so, of course, we, we follow those guidelines. But there are no residency restrictions or income restrictions either way. 
We have families who make as much or as little. We don't want that to be a hindrance ever for our families. Okay. Really, the only restrictions we have are age restrictions. Um, so our members have to be age six through 18. Uh, we can take some five-year-olds if they already have an older sibling with us, but we use a very defined curriculum and supporting programming. And so it's all determined by age and developmental characteristics of our kids. That just blows me away. That's amazing. Such a great piece of information for everybody to know. It's just crazy that you guys can can do that. And are there any capacity limitations that you guys run into or anything like that? Sometimes. And that's a problem we love to have, honestly. Right now, we are doing our summer blast program, which is our summer camps, basically, and they run week to week. Our St. Charles location is close to 100 kids right now. And space-wise, we can fit some more, but we are dealing with some of the same staffing issues that other people are are dealing with. Um, But our St. Charles location can take about 200 kids max. I mean, that's us kind of busting at the seams here. And the O'Fallon location is 125. Okay. How do people find out more about these programs and sign up or donate or whatever? Our website is really the kind of the, the best one-stop shop for a lot of those pieces. Um, so families can get information about all the different programs. Donors can learn more about what we're doing and, and how their support is really put into use in a very, very direct way. We work really hard to keep our costs down on that side. And so for every dollar that we take in, we only spend 11 cents of that on kind of the fundraising side of things. And so 89 cents goes directly to feeding the kids and doing the programs, taking them on field trips and all those things. Yeah. Um, But the website is really the the best way to do that. It's very simple. It's bgcstc.org. Awesome. So do you have a special experience with a, a club kid that you would like to share? Oh, I do. I do. So a couple of years ago, it was our, our summertime program, and we have a great partnership with Missouri Extension. They come out and help with the garden. The kids get to do some cooking classes and all of those things. And we had a member who, a pretty young young kiddo, about seven years old, he was out in the garden and handed seeds that he was planting. And he's like, "What? what is this? And so, you know, we told him it's a watermelon. He had never had a watermelon. Really? He had no idea what a watermelon was. And so he plants these seeds and he's like, all right, I'm going to trust you that something is happening here. (laughs) He weeds the garden and he takes care of it. And suddenly this watermelon sprouts. So he got to then eat the watermelon that he grew. And he was so excited. Like he was like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. It was just so neat. Opportunities we take for granted all the time. We know what watermelons are, and and I don't personally grow them, but I know where I can get them. So it's just those little moments where you watch the wonder in in the kids' eyes as they see all these amazing things happening. Wow. So what other passions or interests do you have? I really kind of consider myself like a jack of a lot of trades, but a master of none of them. Really, one of my big, big passions is um, supporting women in leadership. Again, having three daughters, working with the club kids every day, being a female CEO, it's really important to me to think about how am I helping foster that for the next generation. Um, By doing that, I learn a ton. And so that's great as well. I'm currently the president of Athena Leadership Foundation, which president of the board. That is a women's Mm -hmm. uh, leadership group that is really St. Charles County only. You have to either live or work in St. Charles County. And through that, we provide a lot of opportunities for mentorship, for recognition, 
collaboration and networking. Women in leadership is a, is a huge passion of mine. Another side of it probably would be reading. Call me a nerd because I am one, but I love to read. I love to read fiction and nonfiction. I am a huge fan of Audible. I have a, you know, about a 25 minute commute every day, which is not bad at all, but it gives me that time to yeah. learn and listen something new every day. Well, and you used to teach reading too, right? I did. I yeah. did. So my background is actually special education. I did all my undergraduate work at UMSL in St. Louis and then my master's at Webster University. So okay. I was in the classroom for nine years. It's always just so fascinating for me to be able to take some of those pieces and apply them to what I'm doing now. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking just before we, we hopped on live that it is a passion of both of ours. I love to read. I don't get to read as much recreationally as I used to because doing what I do, everything changes so fast that mm -hmm. I, I, that's all I read anymore. But but that's okay because I love what I do. Also, I'm a board president of the Modern American Dance Company. And one of the things that uh, I love about that organization, it's a nonprofit, is that they have a, a books in motion program where they go into schools. And I love the, the element of combining movement and literature together. I think that's a really cool idea. And I was just looking at your resume and I saw the names Fountas and Pinnell and mm -hmm. RTI and it's like, hey, I know what those are. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what's the best book you've read so far in 2021? Oh, I've read a lot of really good ones. One of them that I think made me think the most and like really, and, and I love books for that, is a book called Educated by Tara Westover. It was just a phenomenal read and, and really kind of puts you into the perspective of other people and what their life story looks like. I think so many of us, myself included, we make assumptions about people. And so it was just, it was a really fascinating story. I just finished listening to How to Be an Anti-Racist. This year has really been taking on some books that maybe I wouldn't have normally read and kind of challenging myself to rethink some things and being open to have some some of that dialogue and conversation that I think is really important. Absolutely. Karen, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed our conversation. One last thing I want to ask you is I'm really glad that you're focused on women in leadership. I think it's hugely important for our country, for the world. I think change is going to happen because of women. When you look at statistics across the country, I was a member of Room to Read for a while, which is a fantastic nonprofit organization worldwide. The impact when you educate a girl is unbelievable. And we take for granted in so many places in the world that girls don't get an opportunity for education. And when they do, and I don't want to get political here, but too often there are just inherent biases that I think we all need to challenge ourselves to do better on. So with that, what piece of advice would you give to professional women? I think the, the best piece of advice I ever received, and I, I use it all the time now, is don't be afraid to fail fast. Exactly. Right? If you have an idea, think it through, go for it. It might be an amazing success. It might fall flat on its face, but you're going to learn either way. And I know for a lot of women, uh, you know, sometimes we take the back seat and we tend to be a little bit more submissive in that way. And I think we need to get out of that thinking to the best of our ability and not be afraid to say, hey, I have an idea and yeah. just give it a go. So fail fast, ladies. Okay. Awesome. Well, honestly, that's the way you need to think about digital marketing. Oh, yes. You know, you can't paralyze yourself. You can't be perfect. That that doesn't mean you don't want to be thoughtful and you don't want to put mm -hmm. your best foot forward. 
as an entrepreneur, you're going to fail so many more times than you're going to succeed. You look at successful entrepreneurs, and that's the story over and over and over again. And I think that's a really important point. And I think a lot of people have it in their mind that they don't want to even take a chance because they're, they're worried about failure. But failure is a critical part of success. So I'm really glad to hear you say that. That's, that's awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Ken. This has been awesome. I was so glad to to see you and hear about this. Well, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Goodbye. Take care. We want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the Local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.